come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we oh my are God. back. Is that a Rihanna song where you can actually understand the words? I don't know. I was like, hold on. Is that Rihanna actually enunciating? Because Alyssa loves to do her impression of no, Rihanna. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. <laughs> to me, that's what she's saying. And I was like, you know what? I'll just rock with it. If we don't want to use words and, and songs anymore, I'm totally cool <laughs> you with know, it. If it's we Rihanna. just don't want to wor- you yeah, use words in life. Actually, <laughs> uh, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, I, kn- I know we're going to get into talking about the Republicans, but there was an article the other day in the New York Times about how punctuation is largely unnecessary in our modern world because mm-hmm. of technology. Uh, we can talk about that off the air, but I thought that was quite interesting. <laughs> Could you imagine? No more periods, no more no. Question marks. No, I'm I a mean, grammar you freak. D- you no. just like they, the idea was just like if somebody says what color are you wearing, it doesn't need a question mark. You know that's a question, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I moderate so many Facebook pages and groups right now that uh, <laughs> so many people don't use punctuation anyway. So why not? I guess. It's hard for me to understand people who don't use punctuation. Like I'll say something like I'm here, and then people be like, "What time are you getting there?" And I'm like, "What?" Like I use the period, but they don't use punctuation, so they can't understand when I'm using it. Well, you know who else does? doesn't know how to use punctuation donald trump and he's <laughs> running for president <laughs> he does. doesn't know how to do a lot of things he yeah. has like the grammar of a third grader they've been <laughs> they've done some studies on this oh wow yeah. that no. is crazy so um yes we are talking about the republican national convention yes it was weird yes it was wacky yes it was bizarre and yes it was apocalyptic what else were we expecting from republicans so during the convention hillary clinton was linked to Luf- lucifer Melania Trump co-opted Michelle Obama's speech from 2008 and at the DNC, by the way. Rudy Giuliani <laughs> just kept yelling at everyone. But did then I thought about it. I was like, oh he's God. a New Yorker. Like, I yell 24-7. So can did I you hear him? what John Stewart said about him on Colbert? He said something about, like, a Red Bull enema. <laughs> he was like, somebody gave Rudy Giuliani a Red Bull enema. Yes. By the way, if you haven't seen that clip, John Stewart did his old John Stewart on, oh, yes. Steve, on Stephen it. Colbert, and it was great. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, he came up from, like, under the desk, and he was like, I'm here. They put and, a tie on him. Yeah. It put, like, and he just went into full John Stewart mode. I was like, yes, he's I need back. John Stewart to come back. Yeah. I think he's, like, happy in retirement and, like, living under a rock or wherever he is. I believe so, but I think it's also why uh, Donald Trump's been so successful, because <laughs> uh, John Stewart has been his foil for years, and the minute John Stewart Stewart stepped down and Trump came aboard. All of a sudden, there was no one getting in his face daily, every night, oh. just the, like the way that John Stewart could. It was rumored that there may be a HBO John Stewart show coming yeah. back. Oh on, yes, um, we need that, but not. It's not going to be like an every night. It would be like sort of like John Oliver. Yeah. That's once a week, but that would still be great. I'd yeah, be very that's happy. Better than nothing. So you know, just to get back to the Republican National Convention, the overall theme was we aren't safe. The election <laughs> of Hillary Clinton in the White House would trigger the apocalypse, and the only thing that will save us is not jesus it's donald trump and that was pretty much what you heard for the last four days the first the first night's theme was make america safe again but from the (laughs) rhetoric that uh, came out of them what they actually meant was make america safe from brown people i was just just i mean going crazy they were like make america the 1955 again drag it back to the dark ages before civil rights and (laughs) and uh and that women could vote i mean you know 
that's Horrible. where they want to go. Well, speaking of day one, I actually wanted to start there. Again, that's when Rudy Giuliani spent time screaming at us. He used the words fear, safe, and terror a total of 25 times. Mm-hmm. This is also the day that Melania Trump stole the show by literally stealing Michelle Obama's speech, <laughs> right? So what were, you, what were your highs and your lows? I was very happy that Melania Trump stole the show. <laughs> I was really happy after all this anti-immigrant rhetoric and after all this, we're the real America and we're going to take America back. Mm. Donald Trump's third immigrant family values <laughs> wife got up and gave the most beautiful moment of the entire RNC as far as I'm concerned by basically just repeating what Michelle Obama said. And there was a meme that I saw which really summed it up, one of those two panel jobs. And uh, it the, the, the point of it was is that uh, uh, Melania talked about in her speech about what a great man she was married to. She was really talking about Barack Obama. <laughs> I, I was. I should. The, the memes were great. They I, were. Okay. Yeah. So the memes were so good. But so about much. like the thing, some people are saying like, "Oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal." What? And, like, yeah, no. There's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, it's you know, it's nothing." Like I, I mean, and this is like, I'll open up this question for everybody and obviously our listeners, which is. Like to me, I take plagiarism very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 it's. Like, you can get expelled from college yes. for committing plagiarism. Like, this is not just, uh, it, 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 like, it's not just her plagiarism. It's like, this is somebody, like, be it somebody on his staff that didn't double check this. Because, so here is the story. They had a bunch of staffers write a speech. They gave it to Melania Trump. She then was supposed to give them back some corrections based on what she wanted to say. She apparently held on to the speech for three weeks and decided to, like, add in her own stuff into it. So that also discounts this fact that other conservatives are saying that, like, oh, some registered Democrat who's a speechwriter tried to sabotage her. Well, they're right that this woman, McElver, is a registered Democrat and used to be, be, you know, used to be pretty liberal and now works for Donald Trump. But according to Hirsch, that's the speech that was given was not the speech that she sent. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like the tip of the iceberg, right? That said she wrote it. Right. But like to me, this is just like the tip of the iceberg of how a Donald Donald Trump presidency would be. Mm -hmm. Right. You have an organization that's completely barefoot or whatever. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. They can't get their stuff together. Then, like, they can't get their stuff together to the point where she gives a speech that isn't even her own speech. Then they try and play it off like it's not a big deal. Then they make excuses. Right. Um, they blamed Hillary and at then, one point. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, this is my point. It's like, if they can't even get this right, how is this guy going to have the nuclear codes if he gets exactly elected president? Right. They well, can't like, even run a decent convention. What's the administration going to be like? I mean, they couldn't even get the balloon drop right. <laughs> no, I mean, it was really telling. And so Meredith McIver, that's a speech writer that uh, Alyssa was just speaking about. She did release a statement and she said, and I quote, over the phone, she, meaning Melania, read me some passages from Miss Obama's speech as examples. I wrote them down and later included the, included some of the phrasing in the draft that ultimately became the final speech. Now, the thing is, that's horrible, like co-opting someone else's speech, not taking, you know, a, a full accountability and responsibility for it at first is also made it worse. But I, I also think that like when, when it, like you said, when it comes to uh, a reflection of who they are as people and how they function, it's just so telling. I mean, what other evidence do you need that he's not a politician? He's you know, he's he's not a good business person. Uh, leadership skills 
are definitely questionable. And now look at how they operate. He's just dysfunctional. And his right. whole organization, that was the word I was looking for before. He's dysfunctional. His whole organization is dysfunctional. And, you know, you can say, oh, it's no big thing. But, like, at the end of the day, it is a big thing because this is something that should have been taken care of. And if you can't even take care of making sure that your wife doesn't plagiarize somebody else's speech, then how can you deal with the bigger issues that are going to be facing America? That said... That said, it's perfectly fine to take bits and pieces from somebody else's speech as long as you give them credit. Yes. You know, people do it all the time. Uh, th- th- it's so easy. You can say something like, Michelle Obama once said, my word is my bond. And, you know, you could, like, and obviously she wasn't going to say that because this is a Republican speech. But the point is, like, if you're going to use somebody else's speech, she could have even changed it. And she could have said, listen, you know, I don't agree with Michelle Obama on many things. I don't. You know, I'm you know, I I don't agree with Barack Obama on many things. However, when Michelle gave this speech back in 2008, she said some things that I think we could all agree with. And that would have been the easiest way for Melania to deal with it. But she didn't even do that. And I think that's the problem. They couldn't have because Republican heads would have exploded if, if she had done that. And that's also why what happened with Melania and the Donald Trump. Uh, campaign and the whole mess that they are is dovetailing so well with who the Republicans actually are at their core. They don't take responsibility for their own mistakes. They rip off other people's ideas that are, if they're good, and pass them off as their own, and then they just try to pile up more crap on top of that to cover up the mistake they I made mean, in the first place. And then they and then they say it was never idea their, exactly. their idea in the first place. Real quick example, and then we can move on, which is Romney Care was originally Hillary mm-hmm. Care, right? Mm-hmm. Or yep. a sort of Hillary Care. Mm-hmm. So Hillary had this great idea, right, when she was, you know, back way back when. It became Hillary Care. It never went through. Romney sort of co-opted it and changed it. It became Romney Care. Everybody loved it. Everybody praised Romney mm-hmm. as like it being the best thing ever. And then Romney care was taken by Obama and you know, turned into Obamacare into the ACA, yeah. and into the Affordable Care Act. And now all of a sudden Republicans were like, oh, my God, hair on fire. Like, we're going to French socialism. Exactly. And, and we're like looking at them like, wait, but like this was a Republican. I- this was a right. liberal idea that Republicans co-opted because it was a market based solution. And now that liberals have co-opted it again, that now you guys are but, like hair right. on fire. What else do you but, expect from a party that endorses right. and, is, and is endorsed by Josh Duggar, the child? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, they're hypocrisy. There's your family values right there. Right. No, the hypocrisy is just disgusting, right? So that was just day one. And again, guys, if you want to call in to let your voice be heard as we recap the RNC convention, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. Okay, so that was Monday night. Then on Tuesday night, that's (laughs) when uh, Donald Trump officially (laughs) clinched the presidential nomination. He got uh, just under 500 more of the 1,000. 237 delegates that he required. Uh, we all know that Indiana Governor Mike Pence also won the official uh, vice presidential nomination. That's also the day that Chris Christie spoke and pretty much put Hillary Clinton on trial. <laughs> and I just want to, I just want to add, like, even though he kept taking shots at her integrity and like her her moral ethic and compass. I mean, exactly. So that's what. So that's how Hillary Clinton's campaign responded. They were like, "If you want, if Chris Christie thinks he can tell me or anyone." about ethics I got a bridge to sell you <laughs> boom. boom I got a bridge to shut down for you boom but you, you know like okay first so there's the roll call vote there's clearly a floor like a sort of a floor revolt of people that don't want Donald Trump to be president so mm-hmm. they're supposed to be projecting unity number two 
yes, at conventions, you do sort of campaign and you bash the other side a little bit. But really, conventions are supposed to be about putting on what your ideas are. I got to say, in three days... I did not hear any ideas, any no, actual just... ideas, except for everybody gets a gun. Because <laughs> um, that's worked out so well. <laughs> that's the, I think that's the only idea I actually heard in three days. Yeah. Everybody gets a gun. Other than that, I heard no substantive ideas on how to deal. They say, oh, scary terrorism. But I heard no idea about how we're dealing. Oh, wait, I heard bomb brown people. Right. There was bomb brown people. There was everybody gets a gun, but and not, he- but not brown people. Satan. Because <laughs> brown people don't have a Second <laughs> Amendment right. And, and, I, and, and law and order, which is essentially shoot the brown people right. when they have the gun, even if it's legal. Well, speaking <laughs> to exactly what you're talking about, the second night of the Republican convention, it was supposed to be Make America Work Again. It was supposed to be about economic policies and what they're going to do to improve the economy, which has been improving steadily already under Obama, and uh, the Republicans have been proven to, you know, destroy it every time they're in office. But hey, let's let's forget about that part. No, but so instead of discussing the economic policies that they were going to bring forward, instead they, like Donald Trump Jr., gloated about how he and his family benefited from these rules. And all I could think was, here they are saying that we've benefited so much from the way the economy is rigged, but, you know... Yeah, that should change. Oh, sure. You're going to change it, are you, Donald? Oh, yeah, right. right. Um, so on that note, we actually have a caller on the line. We have Ms. Deborah who would like to let her voice be heard about the RNC convention. Good morning, Ms. Deborah. Hi. How you doing? You know, every time I, I listen to um, Chris Christie, I swear in my head now, it's like Mr. Richgate, Mr. Richgate, Mr. Richgate. I believe that this man is dangerous because... Is more to Bridgegate than ECI, and as long as he they do, as long as he does what they tell him to do, they're, they're going to give him a post. And God help all of us. I really believe that. And number two, I listen to a lot of radio, so I heard people say after the speech that Donald Trump Jr. made, "Oh, he's just so brilliant," and you know, there's a place in, in politics for this man. And I'm like to myself. No, you didn't say that. You did not say that. And we know that he knows how to read a blueprint, and so he knows how to build. And and, and I'm saying none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. You're not focusing on the person who's running for office, which is his father. So on, on radio, it seems like there were all of these different components that they were trying to build Donald Trump with other than himself. So, you know, the daughter made, all the, both daughters made sense. They were both brilliant. The son was brilliant. And then they would say things like, well, you know, how is Donald Trump going to, you know, how's he going to do after, you know, the way his son made this great speech? I mean, like, you know, what's Donald Trump going to do? Well, we all saw what Donald Trump did. Thank you, Ms. Deborah. I mean, you're right. I think that Chris Christie is extremely dangerous. Um, you know, thank God he was not chosen to be the VP pick, so we don't know where he's going to end up now. Um, yeah, uh, the one thing I caught uh, after the convention that I saw very little coverage of was after Christie's speech, he was being interviewed on the convention floor, and he basically came right out and said, I have a set of skills 
which I can offer Donald Trump. And if he asks me to employ them for him, then I will. And he's clearly talking about the thuggish and brutal way that he goes about getting what he wants. Like, what's he doing right now? He's withholding health benefits from uh, federal employees or uh, from state employees in New Jersey unless they, you know, cooperate with him. He strong arms and Bridgegate is a perfect example of what that is. And he basically came right out after saying how bad Hillary Clinton is and says uh, and said on national TV, if Donald Trump needs another bully, I'm that guy. Mm. So at least he's honest about who yeah, he is. So I can't blame Miss Demers' head for exploding. <laughs> you know, he is a bully. Too. The most 100%. intellectually honest moment of the entire convention was Ted Cruz. Wow. Well, <laughs> like, like, seriously. Yeah. That was the highlight for me. <laughs> it was the most intellectually honest moment where he actually, you want to wait on that? No, no, okay. no, you can continue. I was going to say, that's exactly, because, you know, when it, that was day three, Ted Cruz, when he spoke and he got booed off stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sort of going out of order because, no, uh, yeah, that's fine, because I want to jump back to day two for a second. Okay. But first, you know. When Ted Cruz said, vote your conscience and got booed, that was the best part of the convention by far. Because it showed that, you know, like, there's not party unity. And that's going to be a big problem for them. And it's funny because the left is going around, the far left is going around, don't tell me who to vote for. Like, don't tell me you need to vote for Hillary. And there's a lot of people in the Hillary camp that are being like, if you don't vote for Hillary, then we're going to get Donald Trump. But in sort of the conservative circles, what I heard was, if you don't vote for Donald Trump, we're going to get Hillary. And I think that second thing is actually more right. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, Ted Cruz is willing to put it out there that he might be able might be willing to sacrifice this election so that, well, that, he, that he could benefit yes. in 2020. I mean, but I don't it's, know. But it is Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz is ultimately all about Ted Cruz. And you just nailed it right on the head. It's all about he's hedging his bets that Trump is going to lose, because even right. though you don't want to come out and say that that's what's going to happen, it's probably what's going to happen. Right. And when when that happens, Cruz is going to be standing in the ashes going, come to me. I will lead you. I am your salvation. You know, that's what he's going to do. Right. No, I mean, I agree. I actually thought that Ted, like Ted Cruz actually getting booed played right into that narrative of I'm not the establishment. I go against the grain. I am who I am. I'm an individual. And don't worry, I'll be back. But now he is the establishment. That's the interesting irony to that, which is now Donald's the outsider and Ted Cruz is the establishment. Mm -hmm. Um, Nonetheless, listen. I, I always have this thing about the devil you know and the devil you don't know. Here's mm-hmm. the thing about Donald Trump. Devil, Donald Trump's like the devil we don't know. We've heard, we, we don't really know what his ideas are or what his policies are. He doesn't are know Because he doesn't know himself <laughs> and he's never put them out there, which is why I said that, you know, the whole entire convention had no... Uh, it was like delinquent on ideas. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear one. I really heard very little ideas. Yeah, I heard definitely. lots of... You know, nice hyperbole like make America safe again and make America work again, but but there was no actual policy yeah. to um, it. Ted Cruz, on the other hand, is the devil that you know, yeah. which right. is sort of worse in a way because Ted Cruz has put out policy ideas and you know what they are, 
And as far as I'm concerned, with some exception, they are bad. Uh, so, you know, that's another interesting point about that. On no. that note, I'm going to throw back to Selena. I think we have to go on a quick break. Yeah, we do. But um, don't worry. We still have more to cover with the RNC, especially Donald Trump's speech. And that, and also Ivanka Trump's speech. Who, she had like a, a pretty decent speech there. It's just that people were confused about who she was describing. But she did a, a, a probably the best job, in my opinion. So we'll talk about that in more right after this break on Let Your Voice Be Heard. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 again, uh, 3 FM. Again, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs. And we have a very special guest commentator with us, Chad R. McDonald. Hello. We are talking about the RNC. It was a cluster of a convention. I'll just say it like that. Cluster of a you know that word. Right. <laughs> if, you, if you know the word, right. So um, we actually have a special guest on the line. We have Taman who wants to chime in on the convention. He is also a friend of the show. Hey, Taman. Hey, y'all. I just, uh, you know, I just want to say this real quick. You guys know that I'm conservative-leaning. There, there's, I've, I've been open about that, but the RNC was the biggest waste of time that I've ever seen. All of these speakers there were very hypocritical, except for maybe Ted Cruz might be the only one. Donald Trump is, is, Donald Trump. <laughs> um, it, it was it was a complete waste of time. It was stupid. All of them went up there, you know, all throughout the campaign saying, we hate Donald Trump, we hate Donald Trump, and I understand that candidates are supposed to, you know, come together at their convention to do whatever, but Donald Trump probably, and I'm, I can't use bad language, but he probably said a lot of bad things about every single one during the campaign that they all endorsed him. And that uh, the candidates there all said uh, things um, about Donald Trump, yet they still endorsed him. And Paul Ryan called Donald Trump racist two months ago, and he's like, our next president, Donald Trump, and our next vice president, Mike Pence. So, you know, it, it, was, it was a complete waste of time. All of those people there had nothing in common with the average person. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a complete waste of time. And quite frankly, I, I feel that we'll see a lot of the same thing in Philadelphia mm. in the sense that um, Hillary Clinton isn't really inclined with average people. You know, I had a friend who told me earlier this week that, and we all know this as people, that uh, Republicans and Democrats literally have nothing in common with pretty much any of us because all those people who work within higher-ups of government don't, all those people who are going to be at the convention and were in Philadelphia and in Cleveland last week. They don't live lives like we live lives. They live lives in their gated communities and they do what they want to do and they please their party and they please their special interests. That's what we're going to see in Philadelphia this week. I would tell people don't be uh, fooled by what you're going to be heard because at the end of the day, it's it's, it's going to be much of the same. That, 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 that's how I feel on it. And I know I have a quick time, but can I just say one thing real quick, a little off topic just for a second? Yeah. I just, I just want to say with all the violence that has happened in this country over the last few weeks, you guys know I live here in Dallas where it happened here too. I condemn all violence. I hate the violence, and I hate what we're seeing here in America. I think it's very sad what we're right. seeing with citizens, black citizens being yes. shot, with police officers being shot uh, here in Dallas. Thank you so much, Taman. Um, you know, you, you gave a lot of uh, different responses. Definitely appreciate it. I'm right there with you about the Republican National Convention being a waste of time, but we always appreciate you calling in, guys. And if you're listening and you want to call in, the number is 212 650 690 
888-900-3403. Or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. No, actually, I actually expected, um, Taman, that your comments would be something similar to that. You know, I didn't see you as a Donald Trump supporter. I know you're conservative, but to me, you seem like you lean more towards Gary Johnson just based on our conversations. You know, Taman and I have had many, many political conversations Um when he was up here in New York, and he—I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you want to tweet at us, but but, but Damien, are you? I think he's still on the line. Are oh. you voting for Gary? Yes. There, uh, got it. <laughs> I, I'll put it like this: I am no way in line voting for Donald Trump, but I'm I'm leaning towards Gary Johnson. But there is no way on God's green earth I will ever vote for Donald Trump. See, we we agree there. We definitely agree there. Um, you know, as for the second point, and I really don't want to get into the DNC so much because it hasn't happened yet, um, and I would maybe talk about it next week, but, you know, I think you make some good points about that. Um, I've been to a, a, a DNC. I was at the DNC in 2008. The one difference that I think you're going to see, um, and I could be wrong, which is you may actually see some real ideas. They may be ideas that you personally disagree with, but you'll actually see some policy proposals. Yeah, I think you, that's going to be the big get, difference. Uh, you got previews of that when uh, during the primary season with the Republican uh, debates and versus the Democratic debates. I mean, even though there was a lot of uh, uh, there was a lot of rivalry between Hillary and Bernie, they still work together on a lot of the same things. Say what you want about Hillary, but she still votes the same way that Bernie does on a lot of things. And the perfect meme that I thought summed it up was a two panel of showing Republican debate, and it showed a WWF wrestling ring with everybody throwing over each other over the top rope and then it showed the democratic debate and it was like an episode of jeopardy with them all answering questions so i think substantive wise the dnc will probably be a lot different than the rnc and as Alyssa said there's going to be policies there that there'll definitely be more diversity i mean yeah. well, I'll, I'll tell there you wasn't one. a lot of diversity on the stage or within the audience <laughs> so i expect to see some more color i'll hear i'll tell you what you won't hear at the dnc you won't hear lies about benghazi mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't hear lies about emails and you won't hear false claims about hillary's abolishing the second amendment oh god i was so mad about that (laughs) you know i turn on the tv it's the second night it must have been chris cox from the nra i turn it on in like less than 30 seconds i hear abolish the second amendment i go you know you don't abolish amendments that's just not how things work so i turned it off because i was like you know if if 30 seconds in i already hear a lie it's just not worth my time to watch any of it chris cox of course is the leader of the nra ILA and the whole Hillary's out to get the Second Amendment is just the same old argument from them over and over and over again for nigh on however many years. Right. And all that is is complete crap. There's when right. you talk about gun violence prevention, the whole like uh, if you want to call it the abolishment of the Second Amendment, whatever they want to say, we're, they're coming to get my guns. <laughs> All the different kinds of variations that they make about guns and guns controls are all based on the coming to get my guns, abolish the Second Amendment. And it's all <laughs> playing into the same fear and paranoia and just delusional uh, mindsets of the dark underbelly right. of uh, America's gun culture, which is heavily involved with Republican politics. You're absolutely right. It's just another scare tactic. And Donald Trump said the same thing as well. He said, my opponent wants to essentially (laughs) abolish the Second Amendment. Now, Hillary Clinton has said on a number of occasions, I I am for the Second Amendment. I just want common sense legislation when it comes to gun control. As to 90% of Americans. Exactly. So the fact that we actually cannot progress and the fact that they just blatantly blatantly lie about that is just so misleading, hypocritical, and it's stupid at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and like, the same thing goes with the, the email thing, which oh, is, yeah. here's, okay, here's the thing. So, 
Hillary actually was, and even the attorney, you know, the the the, uh, the sorry James Comey, who's the head of the FBI, said very reckless and careless with the keeping of these emails. That would have been something for them to run with, right? Instead, they want to pan out and be like, well, it's criminal, even though the FBI and the Department of Justice and everybody else who's looked into this has has said it may be very, very negligent, but it's not criminal. So rather than running with the Hillary's very negligent thing, which actually would have been sort of good for them, they decided to run with the Hillary should go to prison and, you know, is a criminal thing, which I don't think helps them because... Clearly, the, it's already been decided that that's not the case. So it's like, why why go with this line that we know is fa- a false talking point rather than going with the talking point that actually is true that, you know, she can't say isn't, right? That right. doesn't make any sense well, to me. Well, not, not to mention the fact that uh, all the previous administrations did more or less the same thing that she did. But here's the thing. My wife found an article on the Huffington Post which blew my mind, and it really illustrated how complicit the mainstream media, the conservative media, all types of media have been with uh, Hillary in the emails versus Donald Trump. Donald Trump has is currently now there's a case pending against him for raping a woman who was 13 years old at the time. Why are we hearing about Hillary's emails more about the more far more than we're hearing about Donald Trump and his rape allegations especially right. to a, to a minor. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, the fact that the media is still focusing on uh, Hillary's emails over and over and over because it's really just Benghazi, the new morph of it. But but we're not hearing about Donald Trump's rape allegations. We're not hearing about the fraud at Trump University. The fraud at Trump University. How he drove Atlantic City into the ground. How you know three. You know it's just. Over and over again, we're hearing Hillary's emails, but we're not hearing the real damaging stories about right. Donald Trump. Instead, the media is just giving him airtime every night because he he gives them, you know. And on top of TV. not hearing about the damaging stories about him that should be put out there, you know, we also have him pick Mike Pence, right. who couldn't be mm-hmm. more anti-gay, mm-hmm. anti-women, yep. uh, you know. Anti-minor. Uh, well, I I don't know that for sure. Well, so funerals for fetuses. Uh, not to mention the whole like uh, the yeah you can you can thing? be you can be bigoted against uh, against the LGBT. <laughs> that sounded like Donald Trump there. LGBTQ Americans, as long as you claim you know it's against your religion, because quite frankly that is un-American. You can say something because it's against your... You You can say that you can't do something because it's against your religion. That's fine. But you can't say that I can't do something because it's against your religion. And that's exactly why the Religious Restoration Freedom Act was wrong. That was all Pence and it was just yep. legalized bigotry. Right. Yep. I mean, and like, listen, that's the same excuse they've been the, using since the 1950s and 60s yeah. about why people are supposed to drink at different water fountains or use different bathrooms or sit in different places on the bus, right? Right? No, and not it was to mention well, my religion, Re- right? You know, religion yeah. was used as a justification for Jim Crow in the South for you know so long, and now it's the same thing. And so that gets into another thing, which is not only do we have no ideas, we have the same old ideas that I don't know. work, right. and the anti-gay, anti-woman, pro, you know, and uh, like this is not a knock on religion; it's just pro using religion as a means to justify discrimination against exactly. other people. Right. No law shall right. be made respecting an institution of religion. That's the First Amendment. So if they're going to go on and on about the Second Amendment, they can't be disrespecting the First like that. No, you're you're absolutely right. So, I mean, 
we talked about a lot. We definitely got a lot of different points and we see how, you know, horrible it was. I mean, for the most part, you may have found it a little bit entertaining if your blood pressure didn't go up watching the RNC. But I mean, this, again, is a reflection of the Republican Party. And this is who the GOP is. I just want to take some closing remarks. Um, what's your takeaway? Well, I mean, obviously, the last thing is we didn't even get to the Trump speech. We went through all of that and we didn't get to <laughs> 75 minutes did. of <laughs> Trump blowing hot air yeah. saying the same things that he said, trying to victimize and blame people for the problems, trying to, you know, say to alienate certain groups of people, um, you know, like this was the, as far, like this was the whitest show on earth yeah. the past four days. And, you know, as Selena said, there was a lack of diversity there, but then it was just 75 minutes of Trump's same yelling old, same screaming, old yelling, screaming, dark, dystopian. again, like the, the, the world is coming to an end, the apocalypse is coming like there was no hope in there there was no ideas there was just fear 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 and it's because fear sells and that's like a page out of the nixon playbook exactly so and the other thing too is it's interesting to note how quickly that uh, uh people started pulling away from him uh they went on and on and on about benghazi uh the mother of chris stevens has just recently asked him to stop talking about it uh, they used the music from Queen. Queen said you can't use our music anymore. They used Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones said you can't use their music anymore. Over Luciano Pavarotti's estate, George Harrison's estate, whatever Donald Trump talks about, whatever he tries to, you know, come off like he's being endorsed by, that person that whatever comes out says, I Donald, want nothing to do with them. Whatever Donald Trump touches turns to the word that starts with That's S. Itch. Yeah, exactly. The word that starts with S and ends with a T yeah. <laughs> and has those other two letters in between so that we can't say it on the air. Right. But that's what happens. Everything Donald yeah. Trump you know, touches every, turns to they that. They all pull away from him. and that We'll call it poopy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> just like... <laughs> we'll just call it, uh, I don't know, Santorum maybe? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good one. That is yeah, a good one. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, no. The the takeaway here was that uh, uh, I mean the best the best thing I saw on Twitter about it was uh, George Bush talked about the shining. Wh- wait, who talked about the shining city on the hill? Was that uh, that was Reagan? It was Reagan. And then Bush talked about the thousand points of light. Uh, Obama said, "Yes, we can." And uh, uh, Trump said, "America, what a hellhole." <laughs> Trump said, "I just threw uh, up on you." Honestly, like 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 who? What kind of a person responds to that in a in a positive way? And I can actually tell you this. Walking home yesterday on 42nd Street, we passed a bit of a Trump rally on 42nd Street just to the side of, uh, of Times Square. Now, I say Trump rally because that's technically what it was, but it was about 15 people with Trump signs yelling insults at people. So this silent ma- ma- the silent majority that apparently stands with Trump is neither silent nor a majority. Right. Well, on that note, I just want to end by saying this. There's a famous quote by, uh, I believe it's uh, Maya Angelou, who says, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. This is who the Republican Party and your leader is. Lying, hypocritical, narcissistic, extremely braggadocious, uncaring, uncompassionate, racist, bigoted, Islamophobic. I mean, it's... 
the whole it's a whole laundry list of who Donald Trump is and who his supporters are. And if anything, if we can learn and take away anything from this, this is why we must all go to the polls and vote. I mean, even you know our conservative friend Taman and a, a number of Republicans are saying, you know what? I'm, I'm I have I share Republican values, but I will never vote for a, real, a reality star who just wants to sell books and just wants to live and do things for himself. Everything is all about him, and he's shown that time and time again. So it's up to us, the people that know better, to make sure that we reflect this in our votes so that he will never be president. So I'm just going to leave it right there. But don't worry, we will uh, go on a break, but we will come back to more 